Welcome back to Talos of Tech Alive on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a wonderful Thursday. It's the 3rd of March. It's the third day of the third month of the third year since 2019. And we have an Apple event coming in five days. Ah, oh, dang. I shouldn't have... I should have streamed three days before the event. That would have been perfect intro. But uh, I hope you guys are as excited as I am, which is mild. Not terribly excited, but mildly interested. <laughs> I'm not saying you should be asleep or that you shouldn't be excited at all, but this is a spring event, and I do think that we haven't, you know, had a big Apple keynote in a while. And the last one we had with the M1 Pro and M1 Max was fairly major. Um, so there was... There's probably a lot of hype and a lot of anticipation to see how Apple is going to wrap up and, and finalize this Apple Silicon transition. I've been seeing people on Twitter uh, talk about rumors or um, talk of a higher-end iMac of some kind being unveiled or there being some surprises, whether it's a standalone monitor and that kind of thing. Um, but with these types of events, particularly spring keynotes, I just want to mention that they rarely meet uh, expectations because... Um, I mean, for one, we can always build up what we think an event will be in our head much, much easier than what they can actually, uh, deliver on. Um, so I would, I would not be shocked if, uh, something that we are heavily expecting to happen or really, really think will happen ends up not happening. Um, because that's typically just how it works when Apple wants to have a keynote early in the year. It's for minor things. They typically save the big upgrades for quadruple UDC or for uh, the iPhone keynote or an October keynote dedicated for Mac stuff and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I'm siding with Ben here, trying to keep expectations low, absolutely, um, so that we can be pleasantly surprised. Because if it does end up being like last year, that would be amazing. Last year was the exception, right? Like that's what uh, um, a lot of people are thinking of when they think, oh, Apple Spring event, because they had like... Uh, Freaking fr uh, fresh off the plate, brand new iMac design. We got the redesigned Siri remote. We got Air Tags after two years of leaks, um, and we got new iPad Pros. That's far more eventful than most spring events typically are. I mean, in uh, 2020, they did not have a keynote at all. They just had some site refreshes. And in 2019, they had a two and a half hour keynote just talking about Apple services. No hardware whatsoever, unless you count the Apple Card, but. Um, it was basically just, here's TV+, Plus, here's Arcade, here's News+. Plus. It, oh, it was such a snorefest. Of all the, of all the <laughs> Apple events people go back and watch, I bet the March 2019 event is the one that people rewatch the least. Uh, more software, less hardware. I'm, I'm personally thinking this will mostly be a hardware event. I don't know of what software they would have to announce or what software they, that would be ready to launch at this keynote, but... Um, it sounds like the Spec Boost keynote. That that's what I'm expecting. So I'm not trying to budge too much in the last couple days on what I'm going into this expecting. But I, for some reason, uh, put probably too much trust in the Mac Rumors source over on uh, Mac Rumors, obviously. But he said that uh, they're they're planning on refreshing the MacBook Pro 13 inch with the Touch Bar and everything. Just slap an M2 chip in there. That's it. No redesigns, no mini-LED, no legacy ports, no MagSafe even. Just like the most minor hardware upgrades you can imagine. And the reason that sounds believable to me is because that's what it sounds like they're doing with the iPhone SE in the iPad Air 5. Is like, let's throw in a new chip and probably offer a few more color options. That's typically what happens with these invites. So if you guys want to break down the invites, because um, I actually haven't... 
uh, made a video since the invites went live. Oh, wait, that's a secret. But the colors that you see of the Apple logo going downwards, um, that's probably color options that we're either going to see for the iPhone SE or for the iPad Air. Apple typically likes to go on a very light shade of aluminum with uh, their iPads, so I'd be a little bit surprised if all of those different color options became all iPad Air color options. I think, personally, what's more likely is the iPhone SE is going to come in all those different color options. Let me pull up a... in Yeah, I'm trying to grab it from the website here. Um, so there's a blue, there's a purple, there's a pinkish one, there's a red, orange, and yellow, and making colorful iPhones has been done before. I mean, Apple even had a... You know, they have a red iPhone SE now. Um, they used to have a gold iPhone 8. Um, and they're already providing various colors for both the 12 mini and the 13 um, mini. I just say mini so people understand I'm not referring to the pros, but I, I just don't feel like saying the regular one all the time. <laughs> but, um, oh, well, we got a super chat. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Rockford Media, who says, maybe we'll get iPhone 14 MacBook Air and Mac Mini and everyone will be shocked. <laughs> I would, I would be ex incredibly shocked if we ended up getting a iPhone 14 at a spring event. I dare I say impossible. I'm close to saying that's impossible, but there's the animation. That would be nice. Um, Jonah says Books Plus has been hinted at by Apple earlier this year in a newsroom post, and German claims it's happening. So just like a, a subscription servant, subscription service for Apple Books? Okay. Is that kind of like the Amazon Kindle stuff? Um, let's see. My prediction, new trinkets and virtue signaling about Ukraine. Yeah, they'll probably mention something. I mean, there's been... Apple's had events during all kinds of world crises, and they, they typically take a moment to acknowledge it and then move on with it. And they talk about what they're doing and how they're helping, which I've I've heard Tim Cook say they're, they're doing some stuff. But yeah, uh, let's see. Do you think there will be a new color for the 13 Pro? I'm trying to think what a good one would be. I'm going to be really, really mad... And I'm going to be very frustrated if they end up doing a matte black iPhone 13 at this keynote. Because, you know, I was trying my best to make this my last iPhone for a long time. But I was never very happy with any of the color options the 13 Pros had on them. Graphite was the closest to matte black, which is what I was looking for. Um, so if they come forward with a matte black, I'm going to ugh, just... Uh, that's going to rub me the wrong way because I'm like, I kind of want to upgrade, but I don't at the same time. Because then I'm going to either have to sell this one or, you know, just some complicated thing. Uh, Kobe Williams mentions that Mint now supports Apple Card. I, I saw that, and I'm very happy about that. So, yeah, if anyone uses the Mint, not Mint Mobile, don't get confused. Uh, there's, there's an app on the App Store called Mint that's just a great finance tracking app that breaks down, you know, net worth and expenses and spending and income. Uh, it's a very well-made app, but for the longest time, you could not integrate the Apple Card into it for whatever reason. Um, for Somehow, in some way, they've changed it, and now it works again. Um, so I have integrated the Apple Card to my Mint app, and it's far more useful, um, and we can track our expenses far much easier now. So thank you, Mint or Apple. I'm not sure who was... Who is the limiting factor to make that happen? But I'm glad that happened. Um, Andre says, I think the new SE will have to get MagSafe. It gives so many opportunities and will be amiss if it not added. Yeah, there were several analysts saying that won't happen, which concerned me. Because I was like, that that seems like such an obvious 
upsell, especially because Apple loves talking about the MagSafe wallet now supporting Find My, and they talk about the MagSafe battery pack or new cases with MagSafe equipped. So they, they seem to be on this very happy marketing train of like, yeah, MagSafe's great. So the concept of... Uh, the concept of introducing an iPhone in 2022 when we've had MagSafe since 2020 and there's still a new iPhone that comes out and it doesn't have MagSafe, I don't know. Is it that complicated to put in a little magnetic ring in the phone? I mean, they fit it in the uh, the 12 mini and the 13 mini and those have smaller footprints than the iPhone SE does. So, yeah, it seems obvious that it should have MagSafe, but I don't know why no one has, unfortunately, everyone has said, no, it's not going to have it. I haven't seen anyone actually mention that, yes, it is rumored to have it. Um, Apple TV Plus trailers will be shown. Yeah, that's usually a good time as a spring event. Um, how many Apple events have you seen live in your lifetime? Ooh, that's a good question. Because before I was doing YouTube full-time, um, I would still try to watch the Apple events when I was in school. Don't do this, kids. Don't do what Talos of Tech did. <laughs> but... Uh, I would watch the presentations in class, uh, and I'd have my headphones on and just put the device, you know, beneath the desk, and man, I'm giving you guys ideas, don't do this, but <laughs> I I would try to watch them live, even if I had other stuff in life going on. Um, I think I remember, I there were Apple live events that I watched um, when Steve Jobs was still alive. I remember, I don't know if I faked it or not, but I, I think there was a time when I was a kid where either I faked being sick or I really was sick. Um, and I was actually sick on a day that they were having an Apple event. And it was the Apple event where they announced the iPod Nano 6th sixth, sixth generation. And I think that's when they announced the iPod Touch 5th generation. I can't remember. But Steve was there and it was a live stream. Um, there was actually a lot of Apple events back in the day that were not live. You had to get an invite to watch it or or to be there, and then Apple would publish the event later. But you couldn't; it wasn't like public. You couldn't just go on the internet and watch it. Um, so that happened later. Um, Jack says that's what I did too. Oh no, <laughs> everyone's as bad as I am. Uh, so yeah, I don't. I'd have to go back and count how many Apple events there have been. There's definitely been some I've missed. Um, for sure. Uh, I, growing up, there was probably some I didn't get out of school for or I wasn't able to watch for whatever reason. But um, <laughs> Rockford Media Super Chatted, well, I just stay home. Yeah, there you go. I guess that's what I did. But uh, that one stuck out in my head for some reason was the iPod Nano 6th Gen where they showcased of like, you can use this iPod as a watch. When I saw that, I was like, huh, that's kind of cool. And I bought one later and did exactly that. Uh, you think you were the only one listening to them in school? We're all right there with you. <laughs> okay. I'm glad I'm not getting anybody ideas, because it's not a good idea. John Corsten says, what mic are you using? That depends. Does it sound good or bad? Let me know. <laughs> Let me know uh, if you think the microphone sounds okay. Great. Terrible. Let me know. Um, cause I've, I'm obviously messing around with settings. I'm using the black magic today instead of the webcam. Um, I hope they don't make a MacBook Pro with something faster than the M1 Max because I just ordered the M1 Max. I, I would say that's fairly unlikely. Um, talking about the actual tagline of the event, peak performance. Keep in mind they spelt it, uh, with two E's. So not P-E-A-K. Um, so I took that as this is giving you a peak of Apple's true performance. I, I, I don't think, 
I mean, it's a play on words with peak performance, but um, I don't think this means that we're getting a Mac Pro or that we're unveiling the most powerful Apple Silicon in the lineup. Um, I think it is a sneak peek of like what's to come later in the year. Uh, so it's the the fact that they chose that wording for peak performance is always like double meaning. Whenever Apple sends out these invites, they always have that kind of double entendre. You know, like you, you can interpret it more than one way. I look at this as uh, talking about Apple Silicon coming to you know coming to the next stage of M2. That's what would make the most sense with this tagline for me. It could just be referencing you know, a 15 chip being the fastest iPhone silicon they've developed. And now that's going to be in an, in a cheap iPhone and an iPad air. Uh, that would, that would suck. Unfortunately. Um, John Corston says, sounds great. Sounds, uh, Oh, Tahir says, sounds great. Katrina says, Mike is good. Oh, thank you. Uh, Bart Chanson for all your, uh, <laughs> your, your member support for seven months. Thank you for, for those who aren't aware, that's two bucks a month. You get access to the behind-the-scenes updates on videos and live streams and stuff. So anyway, thank you very much for your support. Thank you, Bart. Um, I'm glad the microphone sounds great because this is the onboard microphone with my MacBook Pro. So um, I'm not using an external mic of any kind. Um, I actually tried my external mic and compared it to this one, and I, I didn't think it sounded as good. Uh, there was just a lot more hissing. And I think that the onboard mic on the MacBook Pro does a good job eliminating the the, the white noise. And uh, I think it sounds decent. Uh, what will you do to Dishy McFlatface? I'm still behind the scenes trying to figure out what I'm going to do with Starlink. Um, I, I've had a conversation with Nick about it because Nick is waiting for his Starlink over in Texas. And um, based on the conversations he's had, it sounds like it's not transferable. So I can't send it out to him and he he can't just plug it in and start using it yet i want the service to work that way um and i do think eventually that is the plan um once there's enough satellites and once they can handle that kind of volatility with the ground stations they do want to eventually get to the point where you could be anywhere on the planet and it doesn't matter where your address is located on your account and you can just take it in with your car, you know, just pull a Dishy McFlatface out of your car and just set it up where you're camping and have fast internet. Um, that That's the goal, but they're not quite there yet. Uh, they did just send up 47 more satellites this morning. So the constellation is still growing, but uh, in the meantime, I'm going to have a very fancy roof ornament. <laughs> I'm going to have a, a, a fancy dish on my roof, not doing very much. Uh, keep the Starlink in the future. It's going to be a lot better. Just need more satellites. I would like to, but I just don't want to occupy a space on the active network because I know that there's other people very close by to me in my area um, that are waiting on their Starlink dishes. And some of them are waiting because there's too many people in a given area. So if I cancel my service, a slot will open for somebody else. So um, unfortunately, they don't let you resume service um, once you cancel, at least at this time. So I'm hoping if we do end up not finding a home for it, or I can't find anyone that's willing to take it. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm not checking for fans, by the way, I'm not saying reach out to me. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to send it to some random person on the internet. I'm trying to find someone in my area because we've pretty much established that it's not going to work outside of my area. And, um, I, I want to one day be able to use it on a road trip or, or be able to take it with me on, on like 
my, my father-in-law lives in a more rural area in Australia and we want to visit him for an extended period of time. And if I could work from there and have decent internet, it doesn't have to be as good as T-Mobile home internet, but um, just something decently fast that I could upload videos on and, and maybe do some light live streaming. Uh, I would love to bring it to his place in Australia and set it up for him there. But right now I just, I can't do that. Um, so yeah, like Scott's saying, save the 50 a month and let others who have never experienced good internet before have a shot. T-Mobile seems to have been doing great. Has anyone experienced lag? Let me know. I, I noticed some in the YouTube studio, there was some buffering, but sometimes it's just in the studio. It's not uh, for the actual end user. So believe it or not, I try to do some stream tests a lot before I actually go public with these. But oftentimes what's very frustrating is I will stream test something and it'll work and then I'll do it for real on the tech channel and it, it won't work. So unfortunately that's the way it works. Uh, do you think the MacBook Air will be announced or MacBook Pro with M2? I personally don't think the MacBook Air is ready yet. I'm not sure why I have a feeling about that, but most of the rumors and analysts were saying that was coming later in the year, more towards summertime or, or in the fall. So I'm predicting we're not getting a new MacBook Air redesign. I think that this is the, this is going to be the spec bump event. Everything is just going to be about same design, new chip. Uh, I, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, they might they might spice it up with some color options, obviously. I think that um, the invite colors are probably the, the colors that the new iPhone SE might come in. Perhaps the new iPad Air, but I feel like they typically try to go with more muted colors, and these seem very saturated. So... I wouldn't be shocked if uh, iPhone SE with 5G, because it's not that different, because it's so similar to the last generation iPhone SE and it sounds kind of boring. Um, thank you for your YouTube uh, membership support, Tyler Forte. iPhone SE still coming? Yes. Uh, Apple actually registered a new iPhone and a new iPad within the Eurasian database, which pretty much happens every time before there's uh, an announcement, usually within a couple weeks. So the fact that they've already registered for the for the new devices to launch means that it's it's not confirmed, but it's looking pretty freaking dang likely that yes, a new iPhone that will look very much like the current SE. They're just gonna put 5G modems in it in the A15 chip. But um, I think that marketing-wise, it's probably very smart for Apple to diversify the colors because the the current iPhone SE lineup is kind of you know fairly basic. You've got black, white, red. As far as iPhone colors go, that's about as minimal as it gets if you look at the website between how many colors there are for the 11, 12, 13. Uh, they typically have more colors than that. So if they want to spice it up a little bit and get people's interest in the iPhone SE, just think of the YouTuber thumbnails, right? Because I'm not going to do this, but there's a ton of YouTube channels that love holding up all the iPhone colors at once because it looks pretty for the thumbnail. And uh, they'll typically recoup that costs. So... I, at this point, looking at the invite, I'm predicting that the iPhone SE 3 will come in at least maybe uh, four or five different color options, maybe more. Um, I'm excited to see M2 versus my base model M1 Pro comparisons. Yeah, I'm very curious about that because it's the first time we're getting a direct sequel or follow-up to an already existing piece of Apple Silicon, right? Like, we've had the M1 for a while and then the M1 Pro and M1 Max just came out. But those are like in a new tier. Those are in a separate division and a different price point from the M1. So um, now that we're getting potentially a direct follow-up, we can see what kind of year-over-year -year improvements, or I shouldn't say year-over-year, -year, but more like year and a half. Every 18 months or so, Apple's planning on uh, upping the upping the uh, components of their base baseline silicon. 
I think uh, it, it should say a lot about the future of, of how much to expect growth or how much to expect uh, performance and efficiency enhancements moving forward. Like, is the M2 chip going to consume less power than the M1? If not, then that kind of tells us that, okay, they're not really trying to aim for more battery life with this chip. They're just trying to increase the performance. Or um, if it does uh, result in lower power consumption than the M1, then that would say a lot about what battery capacity to expect in the redesigned MacBook Air coming out later in the year because that's rumored to be much thinner. Um, so because it's so thin and so light and so power efficient, maybe they can get away with smaller milliamp hours overall. Um, but the name Peak Performance, it's weird to just be a spec bump even if it won't come out for a while. They might announce it today. Yeah, but keep, keep in mind the spelling of Peak. It's in the title of this stream as well. It's, it's Peak with two E's. As in, it's in the way you would say sneak peek. I'll be honest, I did not notice that for a long time. When the, when the invite first went out and I rushed to make the thumbnail and publish the... I mean, film the video and edit it all in 10 seconds. Like, I thought it was just sneak peek and I wasn't thinking much of it. And then, like, later in the day, probably, like, well, we had just finished dinner... And there was a commercial playing on my TV. I just pulled out my phone and I was looking at the invite again. And I was like, oh, it's it's peak with two E's. As in like sneak peek. So it's just giving you a little bit of a teaser. So I would say that one letter changes what I expect. I, I, I don't think they would say peak performance like that if they were planning on the Mac Pro and stuff. But um, it's possible that there might be... Some people are alluding to there being an iMac refresh uh, that just gets the M1 Pro or M1 Max. And that would align with uh you know it, tim cook saying that they want to be done with this transition by the end of this year so to kind of make sense but i i just don't want to get my hopes too high because the new imac would be kind of awesome so um no air power is dead please give up on it ahab why do we keep bringing this up people <laughs> get over it um andre says the ipad air has catching up to do but do you think there will be any brand new ipad features for the air I'm trying to think of some. That's the problem with the iPad Air. Because it's not a pro and because it's so, <laughs> you know, mid-tier, there's not really too much they can introduce that we haven't seen before on it. So obviously it's it's incredibly awkward that the iPad Air still doesn't have center stage um, and still doesn't have uh, 5G after the iPad Pros got it and the iPad Mini got it. Um, so those are like, yeah, catch-up things. I'm trying to think of something they could add that no other iPad has, and I'm I'm coming up pretty blank. I guess more color options. That's all they got going for it. Uh, it might be a good time to introduce some more folio covers or some maybe a new color for the... Maybe they'll start offering a rainbow of colors for the Magic Keyboard case, you know? Maybe they'll offer uh, blue, purple, pink, red, and orange keyboard cases to choose from um, just to complement the, the iPad Air colors as well, but... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling. Do you guys have any idea? Like, Touch ID is already in the power button. I think it'll probably stay that way. A15 chip is, is done. That's already in silicon. We already have that. And I'm just gonna pop it in there, call it a day. Um, so yeah, I, I think center stage 5G A15 is, uh, maybe a couple new colors is pretty much it. Um, I'm getting so many letters from housing agents trying to make us sell our house. Really, Trash Teen? Everyone wants to buy your house, I guess. Let's see. Um, hopefully the iPhone SE 4 will finally be similar to the 10R design with Face ID. 
I've heard mixed things about it. Ross Young is saying that they're planning some kind of weird 5.7-inch iPhone SE that is an LCD display, but probably not as big as the 10R and perhaps worse battery life. You just got to remember the cannibalization effect. I, I feel like most people don't acknowledge that. You're not wanting an iPhone SE 4 that looks like a 10R. You just want the 10R to be cheaper. That's what you're asking for, because if Apple were to make their $400 iPhone look and work incredibly similarly to their flagship iPhones, there's just overall going to be far less people buying the flagships. So the iPhone SE 3 is going to be a boring upgrade. It's not going to be very exciting, but that's intentional. They have to make it ugly. They have to make it worse in battery life and display and with the home button and you know they objectively have to make it a worse product in some way otherwise they're not going to have a good um argument to upsell you so exactly apple's continued war on justin long's gray and grayer comments <laughs> ever since justin long said that apple has has in introduced so many more colors it's very true um let's see they will not do air power. If the M2 is faster than an M1, it could really turn the whole slim and light laptop mar laptop market. I feel like the M1 kind of already has. I mean, I didn't catch it, but I saw Dave Leap uh, posting a video about how good MacBooks are getting and, and you know, kind of Apple leading the battery life business when it comes to laptops. And uh, MacBook Air is already insanely powerful for a fanless design. Um, the amount of performance you can get out of an incredibly light and compact notebook is insane. So the fact that they're kind of redesigning the chassis and redesigning the MacBook Air from the ground up is kind of exciting to see how much thinner we can get or how much lighter you can get and not have to worry about a thermal um, system with fans and stuff to, to move airflow. You don't need to think about it. Uh, that's That's pretty crazy. And silent operation. Um, so that it kind of puts them in a different direction. It gives them a unique set of advantages over the competition. It doesn't make them better than the competition because there's still going to be a lot of software and games that are really only optimized for Windows and they're really only going to work on PC laptops. But um, the advantages Apple does have in export times and in 3D modeling or video editing or photo editing and uh, software engineering, the advantages they do have will get stronger and the battery life argument gets stronger and you know longevity argument just gets stronger and stronger uh so yeah we're streaming from t-mobile home internet liam uh my power just came back on the weather isn't even bad did anyone think the imac pro may be announced next week there are a couple twitter accounts alluding to that but i'm not i'm trying not to get my hopes up because none of the twitter accounts that have referenced I think it was Duan Ree. I'm trying to remember who it was, but none of the Twitter accounts that have referenced a higher-end iMac have been as reliable as Ross Young, and Ross Young is saying that that machine is not ready yet. So uh, he could be he could be wrong. He he could be wrong. Um, I hope I'm wrong because I would like this event to have more than we're expecting, not less. So if if we're wrong, then great. But uh, I'm I'm gonna predict no. I'm I'm gonna go ahead into it and say three things iPhone SE 3, iPad Air 5, M2 MacBook Pro, that's it. Maybe maybe the Books Plus thing. They'll have a couple trailers from TV Plus for us to watch that we can all roll our eyes at. And a, a new subscription service for Apple Books. Uh, let's see. Definitely don't need an event for these products. No, I don't think so either. I, I'm all in favor of, if it's spec upgrades, just do a website refresh because... 
Honestly, I think having events about spec upgrades is really, really pointless and kind of hard to demonstrate because you don't really notice or appreciate those performance gains unless you're comparing it side by side and you're using the device yourself. That's why as, as important as the M1 chip was and as big a deal as the M1 chip was, I still got to admit the keynote itself was pretty lackluster because... When they unveiled the M1 chip, it was like, okay, we know the name is M1 now, and it's cool to see all these vague graphs that are like, see, less power is consumed, but performance units are achieved. You're like, they don't give you a good indication of how much better it is. And the whole keynote was just Apple saying four times faster, five times faster, two times longer, three times longer. And there was no new designs. Like, the M1 chip is great, and once I actually got an M1 MacBook Air and, and reviewed it, it was fantastic. And I loved seeing all the things it was capable of and, and talking about it and using it. That's what's good for spec upgrades, is when people get their hands on it and they're like, okay, I'm actually using it for this and it's doing better. Um, to me, it's not, it's not super exciting to watch someone bring up bar graphs and, and bring up 2x, 3x, 4x on a on a keynote presentation. I mean, I guess it's kind of cool to see Apple's drone footage flying around their um, <laughs> around their campus and being like, whoa, that visual is cool. But uh, the, Mac, the MacBook Air was the same design as before. So there wasn't really anything to show off. Um, the MacBook Pro 13-inch was the same design. And the Mac Mini M1 was the same design um, with less ports. In some way, people would argue that was a bit of a downgrade in, in terms of I.O. It was an upgrade in performance, but... Um, it was kind of hard to get excited, plus it didn't help that the event was only 40 minutes. It was not a very long keynote at all. So by the end of it, I was like, oh, that's it? Okay, sounds great. But they were still selling all these Intel MacBooks alongside the M1. So we weren't really sure how much faster it was until we actually got our hands on it and got to experience the battery life for ourselves. For the same reason, we kind of have a lot of doubts about Apple whenever, whenever they list something like, you know, iPhone gets... 15 hours of battery, you know, this iPhone gets four hours more battery life than the last iPhone. We're always kind of like, uh-huh, right. I'm sure that translates to something, but we don't know if we want to agree with the random vague tech specs that they put on uh, keynotes and presentations. So uh, I'm, I'm all in favor of like, if you have a new design, if you have something to unveil and you want to talk about why it's designed a particular way, whether it's like the last generation MacBook Pros, I'd say that was a perfect time to have a keynote because you got performance gains, performance gains, sorry, and a new design to dive into. And with uh, AirPods Max, I don't know why they decided that should be a site refresh. Maybe because they were too hesitant of uh, the price point scaring people off. But I, I think that it would have made far more sense to unveil AirPods Max at a keynote. And if you're just going to switch hardware from an M1 to an M2 chip or an A13 to an A15 chip, just put it... Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. 
They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. In the newsroom page, you know, you just wake up one morning, hey, we threw a new chip in here. It's faster now. Thanks, Apple. Got it. Sounds good. Yeah, they'll talk about Ted Lasso season three uh, for, for 20 minutes. Um, let's see. I, th I think they will definitely announce a service or two. Yeah, they seem to be very service happy these days. It would be so cool if iPhones and iPads got a Samsung... What? S Pen? I don't know what you're trying to say, Andre. Um, why peak, not peak? Has it another meaning? Yeah, peak with two E's is like, you know, sneak peak. It's like giving you a little sh uh, tray, uh, a teaser of what's to come. So I don't think that means the performance will be the best Apple Silicon ever. Uh, there are some people saying that the MacBook Pro M2 will have no touch bar and have regular function keys. What do you think about that? Who said that? I've been trying to follow the news as close as I can, but, um, I guess it wouldn't shock me considering, um, it, it wouldn't surprise me considering they've already ditched the touch bar on, uh, the higher end MacBook Pros, but, uh, the more recent generation leaks from the Mac rumors analysts were saying that there was like literally no design changes. The only, only difference is the silicon. Like it would have the exact same ports and the exact same display and the exact same chassis. So I don't know how much money it takes for them to pop out the touch bar and replace it with the function keys, but I do hope that would come with at least some kind of price reduction. You know, that would, that would kind of justify it a little bit. Um, 
Samsung DeX is a feature where it basically turns into desktop. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's a typo. Uh, but yeah, if you, if you can boot uh, app, uh, Mac OS off of Apple Silicon, then I do think Apple could probably make a DeX-like feature much better than Samsung could because uh, Apple actually has really, really power efficient but powerful uh, chips. And they also have a very capable desktop operating system and a fairly capable uh, mobile operating system. So DeX is just kind of a desktop operating system, I guess, but it's not super capable in terms of like a software that you can use to to make tools and, you know, get work done. It's kind of like, ooh, calendar or web browser or, you know, it's like it's like a Chromebook, essentially. It's It's not too far off from Chrome OS. Whereas Mac OS is more, you know, you can edit videos and do a lot of intense stuff on it. So, yeah, I agree. That would be awesome. I, I want Apple to come up with something like that. But they're probably limited by the amount of data you can transfer with the lightning port. Um, so plugging in and docking to an external monitor, is you're not going to be able to take advantage of the A15 chip's full, uh, full performance because uh, their lightning port can only do so much. So... I'm, I'm personally thinking they got to switch to Thunderbolt before they do that. But German said there wouldn't be a touch bar and Russ Young said there would be. Don't hold me to that though. I didn't hear Ross Young talk about the touch bar, but, uh, what you think about Quinn Nelson's 78% smaller Mac mini? Oh, it's a fascinating idea. I didn't catch his video. I saw some headlines of it, but, um, yeah, I, I like the idea of making things smaller if, if, they can be done, and I'm sure because it's Quinn, he probably still made it perform great, and it doesn't get any thermal throttling issues and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, Apple Car, that's going to happen now. With all the colors in the event logo, you think there will be new MacBook Airs, same colors when they revealed the new iMacs last event? I'm torn on that just because I haven't heard anyone say that the refreshed MacBook Airs are ready yet, and everyone keeps saying to expect that later in the year. So normally... When there's a bunch of people saying to expect that later, I they end up being right. Um, if anything, Apple is usually late to deliver on something. It's rarely early. It's rarely like, oh, they'll do that later, and then they do it. Um, so ju just based on the rumor mill right now, I'm expecting the new MacBooks aren't ready, but they'll repackage the MacBook Pro with the M2 and get a bunch of people to buy a very old design in a manufacturing line that's barely any different. Um They'll just be like, hey, that now there's a Mac with the M2 chip in it. Maybe they'll update the Mac Mini and get a bunch of people to buy an old design for them so the margins will be pretty good. Uh, do you remember the last Apple invitations where you could get inside the Apple? It got me thinking it's that Apple showing us uh, they're ready for the metaverse. Well, they've been doing the augmented reality invite stuff for a long time. That's, that's not exactly new. You could go back... Uh, they, I think last year's keynotes in the year in the keynote before that and stuff. Um, Harry Hayes says Betty won't read out this message. Correct. Uh, do you think we're ever going to get a focus on high performance 3D applications on new Macs like gaming or CAD work? Um, the problem is that is really not up to Apple. Uh, for one, they do advocate on the at least with the M1 Pro and M1 Max how good the 3D applications for um, doing 3D modeling can be. Um, but for gaming, that's all very much dependent on the developers. You can actually play games very, very well on a Mac when they are properly optimized. And you basically got to write it for Apple's graphics engine, which is 
uh, uh, metal. So, oh, people got lag? Interesting. I'm T-mobiling now. Maybe I should lower the bitrate. The bitrate is pretty dang high. Um, it's like 10 times higher than it was on Starlink, so I can probably afford to lower it a little bit. Um, we'll see what happens when I change that. If Apple paid Activision for Warzone on the Mac, would be huge. Eh, I personally don't think it would be. I, I'm genuinely under the belief that Apple knows what they would have to do to get games on the Mac, and it's basically pull a Microsoft or pull an Activision and just buy up other gaming companies and try to come up with exclusive titles, and they would not see an equivalent amount of revenue in return because the Mac user base inherently is not that interested in gaming. Um, and the gaming user base, people who like building PCs and, and playing games on their PC, they're inherently not too in love with Apple because Apple doesn't like modularity and upgradability and Apple doesn't like uh, right to repair and self, uh, self-repair and that kind of thing. So, yeah, they could. They could blow billions of dollars on gaming titles and say, you have to optimize your game for the Mac, you have to rewrite your whole engine via Metal and bring it to the Mac. But how many Mac users would actually spend frequent money on new games, probably not as much as it would cost Apple to buy out that company. So we've had this conversation lots of times, but um, it's very hard for people to come up with uh, people saying refresh the stream. That fixed it for me. Interesting. So T-Mobile's not good either. Let me let me check it out here. Um, let's see. I'm a Mac user and don't care about games. I think that's kind of inherently how it's been. Yeah, it seems to work fine on the iPad. Why can't we just have nights things, YouTube? Why is that? It's fine now, just a few seconds, that's all. Okay. Still skipping for Mike, so it might be on his, his end. Mike Spark says it sounded kind of like a hiccup in the audio. I wonder what that is. Drew keeps breaking the internet. Feels like no matter what internet service I'm using, it, it freaks out. Um, oh, interesting. Mike says it is working fine on my TV, but it was hiccuping on my phone. Gotcha. I think it may have been a YouTube issue because video was perfect, but audio kept sink, uh, skipping. Weird. Yeah, sometimes I have had that in the past where there was nothing wrong with the internet, but, um, yeah, all of your messages are loading correctly. Um, but this is what I mean by, like, you know, Starlink had its issues, but there's no, there's no perfect solution. No matter what I stream on, there's always some little de uh, issues here and there. It's just about minimizing them. Um, okay. Uh, but essentially, like, because the Mac user base inherently doesn't care that much about gaming, there, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying everyone, I'm not saying literally zero. I, I know that there are some people that like to play games that own a Mac. I understand that market exists. I'm just saying it's not large enough, um, to warrant Apple spending billions of dollars on exclusive titles, which is what they would have to do. So that's what I just keep reminding people of is like, it's not a hardware issue. Apple Silicon is much, 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 much faster than anything you would get on a Nintendo Switch. But the Nintendo Switch is an incredibly popular, very well-known gaming platform because it has games people like. And it has exclusive titles that people want to play and they like that form factor. Doesn't matter that the hardware inside the Switch isn't very fast or very capable. It's just about the games. It really has nothing to do with can the game play at 4K, can it play at 60 FPS. It doesn't doesn't really matter as much as just having the game people care about. Um, weird. 
It's Mike says, can't listen to this as it's too glitchy. Sounds like YouTube's having a hiccup issue then because I'm not, I'm not getting it. Well, let me listen to myself for a second. Now that I'm curious if it's an audio issue. Um, cause this is new for me. Um, cause this is new for me. Wow. Well, the latency is pretty dang low. That's cool. E-Upload says it's not glitching for me. Um, Jacob says on mobile here when I closed stream and opened it, it went away. Sorry, everybody. I don't want these things to happen, but people, I guess, are just saying if you refresh the stream, it fixes it. Uh, people are saying, not me. It's fine on my end. Okay. Maybe <laughs> maybe people uh, around the world have bad internet and they think it's on my end. Um, let's see. I'm glad Start Select says no issues. Okay. If that got noticed, love the channel and I'm a fellow Apple sheep hoping for AirPods Max 2 with MagSafe at some point. Yeah, really, come on. Um, I'm, I have never been more torn on any Apple product than AirPods Max. I'm really hoping they do something about that. Uh, it's all my fault that your internet is slow. <laughs> all Apple have to do is let Microsoft make Xbox Game Pass work with Apple hardware. I would be fine with that. Apple's not stopping them. I don't know what your, your theory is that... Um, if they want to, if Microsoft wanted to bring Xbox games to the Mac, they easily could do that. It's there's a reason they don't. It's because Microsoft would rather you buy an Xbox because then they have more control over the App Store and then they have a higher revenue cut. Um, but you don't have to go through the Mac App Store on a Mac. You can download applications from third parties if they wanted to develop a Xbox game catalog on Mac. They totally could. They just don't feel like it. Um, because they know that it's going to require more software engineers and it's going to require more time and more money to hire people to redesign and re-architecture all of their games to be optimized for the Metal Graphics Engine. All of that optimization costs money and it's not worth it to Microsoft if there's not enough people who game on the Mac that will pay for it and uh, re recoup that costs. So... Um, yeah, I, I don't actually <laughs> I don't actually think it'll do anything. Um, Apple is stopping Xbox Store from existing on macOS. I am not sure that's true. You can download, you can technically download uh, Steam on a Mac, and you can buy all your games through that. Apple's not taking a revenue cut uh, from Steam games. Steam is optimized for Apple Silicon, by the way. So I don't understand exactly what's preventing Apple. Uh, what's preventing Microsoft from doing the exact same thing if they felt like it. Uh, Microsoft makes uh, Office applications that are optimized for the Mac. They, they're comfortable doing that. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong. Is there something I'm missing? Did they ban just Microsoft from just doing games on the Mac, but Steam and Valve can do it no problem? Am I missing something? Um, do we know how the Apple Arcade is going? Going well? I'm guessing no. But no, we don't exactly have concrete evidence. They don't report that. All, all they report is Apple services revenue, but that includes so many random things that it's impossible to know how individual services are going. Um, you can use Xbox Cloud on any web browser with a Bluetooth controller. That's true. It's not exactly the same as someone saying they should optimize... Apple should make a gaming machine. Apple should redesign their silicon to be good at gaming. It's like it doesn't... It is good at gaming. It's just no one wants to design their games for it. Um, you could you could easily get games running at 120 FPS on the MacBook Pro, um, even through Rosetta. Like I was just doing a, a test the other day, and I downloaded Minecraft, 
which is not optimized for Apple Silicon, but it's still played at 120 FPS at a decent render distance on my M1 Max um, with the 32-core GPU. So that's that's Minecraft. It's not a perfect example, but, you, you know, Minecraft can bring a lot of high-end machines to their knees just by turning up the render distance. Uh, a home hub would be a good product to launch. Yeah, it definitely feels weird that there's just a HomePod Mini and not much else. Uh, did the fans run? Very quietly, but no, not not super crazy high. Um, Minecraft isn't a good test for that. I, I've had high-end PCs that struggled to uh, load Minecraft at certain render distances, but um, if you want an example of a, of a popular game, I'm just saying Minecraft is the most popular game in the world. Um, so if you want to say, well, what about this? Minecraft's not a real game. It's like, well, that's what most people play. Um, I don't think there will be no importance for gaming hardware. It will be all on game streaming like GeForce Now. Yeah, you can still do that on a Mac. So it doesn't really, that's probably where Apple thinks gaming is going anyway. So it's kind of pointless to spend billions of dollars on, you know, Activision optimizing the next Call of Duty for Metal when they'll probably see very low sales numbers compared to a console or compared to a PC. And um, it's probably all going to move to cloud streaming anyway. Um, someone from the community made an M1 optimized version of Minecraft. You should try that later. Well, it, it ran great even when it was unoptimized, so I don't really care if it does get optimized, and I'm not playing Minecraft that frequently. Um, despite the rumors and leaks not mentioning it, do you think the iPad Air 5 will feature LiDAR? I did think about that. I was like, that's one tiny little thing they could add that might make it feel like a more major upgrade. Apple just decides that LiDAR isn't a pro feature anymore, but, you know, they could have added LiDAR to the iPhone 13 and 13 mini, but they didn't. So that makes me think that they do want to restrict it to just the pro options, but, um... You're not saying you don't like Minecraft, it's just not graphically intense enough to be a real test. I, I would say it's a decent test if you consider that's the most popular game. Uh, any other game you think of is less popular. And uh, you can get very, very high-end machines struggling uh, to play Minecraft at 120 FPS just by turning up render distance. People always think of Minecraft as, oh, there, there's pixels and boxes, therefore it's low graphics, it's not very intense. And it's like, yeah, just turn up the render distance. Go, go up to like 20, 30 chunks and tell me how many FPS you're getting. Um, LiDAR needs to go away. The 3D Touch, I'll take... <laughs> in fact, I'll take 3D Touch back and no LiDAR. It sounds like the type of thing they would give the iPad Air to make it feel newer, though. I will admit. Like, it's not a very useful feature. I don't think anyone's ever bought a device specifically because it had LiDAR. Um, it's not very useful. It's It's occasionally good at the AR demos stuff, but that's, I guarantee you 90% of the AR demos on iOS devices in the past year were from Apple event invites. People would get the Apple event on the webpage, they would open the link, and it would be a AR, <laughs> and they would use the AR feature to put the Apple logo in their bedroom or their living room or something. And uh, that's the most common use case of LiDAR is just Apple event invites. Uh, oh, yeah, the Measure app, right. How can I forget? So useful. Um, and not accurate at all, by the way. I've used the Measure app with and without LiDAR. Either way, it's it's terrible. It's, it's not good at getting your height right. It's not good at measuring things. It's complete gimmick app. The whole app is just complete and utter gimmick um, because... 
you should not be measuring anything you actually care about with the measure app because it's, is it is not accurate. Um, so it, it's kind of fun for demos to be like, hey, look, it can track this object in 3D space, but it don't actually do anything with that information. If you were like trying to lay out carpet for a room and you use the measure app, you're probably going to get it way off. Or if you're cutting something and you want to mark it and you use the measure app, it's going to be several inches off. Um, let's see. What products would you review this year other than the iPhone? I would be very, I'm very interested in the M2 chip. I think if I had to pick something from this next event that I'm most excited for, I, I want to see how much faster the M2 chip gets, if it's a marginal improvement or a massive improvement. And um, I haven't reviewed a Mac with a touch bar in a long time. So if that ends up happening and we actually get an M, uh, a new MacBook Pro with a touch bar, then I'd be happy to try it again. Because that's by far my biggest complaint. <laughs> I don't have many complaints. This is a minor complaint, so... This is my favorite Apple product currently, but um, my biggest complaint, excuse me, my biggest complaint with the 16-inch MacBook Pro is the no touch bar. Um, my last MacBook Pro that I used for like daily editing and stuff, it did have one and I thought it was nice. I liked it and I missed that it's gone. And I know why they got rid of it because I looked at the polls and I understood that most people did not like the touch bar and most people just wanted the function keys. Um, but yeah, it's like, I don't mind the legacy ports coming back. That's, that that bothers some people. It didn't bother me. I, I do plan on using those. Um, but I just really liked having a dynamic uh, button layout at the top of the keyboard so I could have predictive text or I could use emojis, especially when I, I do a lot of uh, Twitter um, or I respond to YouTube comments on my MacBook or... You know, that kind of thing. Having the little emoji picker was nice and having the volume slider instead of button mashing every time I change the volume. Instead, I could just tap and swipe back and forth. Same with brightness. Right now, if I'm leaving my MacBook on because it's either uploading or downloading a large file, um, I have to like press and hold the brightness button and the brightness goes all the way down. Whereas before, I could just tap and swipe and I was very fast with it. Same with... Uh, if you're watching a YouTube video, you could activate picture-in-picture picture, one tap right there on the touch bar. You just tap, and then it comes out of the window. Now I gotta double-click with two fingers, and then a menu pops up that says "Enter picture-in-picture," picture, and then I hit enter, and it's just slower. Um, yeah, I know there's keyboard shortcuts and stuff. There's workarounds to access all that stuff. It's just it was much faster with the touch bar, and it was cooler in my opinion. It looked nicer. Um, but we we lost. Uh, we lost that battle. Apple didn't want to keep it around. All I'm saying is if they offered it, if Apple offered it as a $300 add-on, I would have paid it. I would have paid the extra 300 bucks for it. Um, that would have been best case scenario, I think, because I know a ton of people who don't like the touch bar. So um, if, uh, if you don't want it, just save the 300 bucks. <laughs> Mac Pro will be refreshed this year. Yeah, I think so. I'd be kind of surprised if it didn't. Uh, Drew, do you have any idea why the new MacBook notches are big? I think they prepared the space for upcoming Face ID. There is no need for just camera. Yeah, I, that's my running theory as well. I don't think it needed to be as large as it ended up being, but I also don't care because the display is so large that it doesn't interrupt anything. Some people were acting like, oh my god, I can't access this one menu option. And I was like, eh. The number of applications that actually take up that much space in the menu bar, in my opinion, was not very common. There was not that many. Um, I have not read into one in my work life. And um, 
I don't like that look anyway. I don't want the menu bar taking up the entire top of the display. And yeah, like they have the indicator light up there, which is kind of funny because on iPhones, they just do the indicator light for microphones or, or the camera usage in the corner. Like you can just do that digitally. Uh, they actually do it uh, digitally for the microphone. So when the microphone on the MacBook is being used, there's a little orange dot next to the control center icon. Um, so you could have you could have done the indicator light via software, but they decided to have a physical one for some reason. Um, but I think that, yeah, it was like in the future, we might put more camera stuff up there. And if they do put in a true depth camera system someday, then you wouldn't want to start with a very small notch and then later down the road introduce a much larger notch. So instead, they're like, I don't know if manufacturing-wise, it might be cheaper or more efficient to have a big notch so they have more space in there for the, the pixels to be spaced away from the cameras and the lights or something. I don't know if it helps with mass production. It might have been way cheaper to have a big notch opposed to a tiny one. But um, if they did plan on eventually adding Face ID to the MacBook, then yeah, it would be bad if we started now with a tiny notch and then in the future went to a big. But that argument doesn't hold up too well because Apple claimed that Touch ID makes more sense. So there's not, they claim there's no point to Face ID on a MacBook. If that's your argument, then <laughs> why, why make it so big? I, I don't know. Uh, I use top notch, blacks out the top bar and the menu items sit up there like they live in the bezel. Yeah, I mean, there's so many ways to get around it. There's there's so many programs where you can just pretend it's not there. Or honestly, I kind of just like embracing it because I think the look of the thin bezel all the way around is really, really nice. So I don't mind the notch at all because the notch is in a place that nothing useful is ever at anyway. Um, and even when I full screen content, this isn't a 16 by 9 aspect ratio. So it, it's it's part of the black bar when you're watching movies and shows anyway. So, um, I'm personally like embracing it. I have a, I have a whitish lightish background. I don't have it blacked out anymore. It's just always there. Yeah. The Samsung ultra tablet has a notch as well. Like James pointed out, by the way, James Sander, thank you for, um, upgrading your membership to uh, the moderator tier. I, I didn't get to say thank you for that, but, uh, I was not expecting so many people to opt for moderator cause it's so expensive, but, uh, Thank you for doing that. It's I appreciate the support, and uh, I thank you for helping keep our chat clean. That's that's very kind of you. Um, let's see. I use the iPad Pro and Air, iPad Air every day. If I could afford a new Mac, that might be my new favorite product. Instead, I'd need to go with the iPad, as I use constantly. Yeah, like I like that my MacBook Pro is mobile, but definitely if I'm just doing light stuff around the house, I, I still take my 2018 iPad Pro. Just because the MacBook Pro is so large... Um, it's it's a bit of a hassle to hold it on the couch or take it to the bedroom or use it in the kitchen, whereas the iPad is very thin and light, even the 13-inch version. Um, but that's not making me wish, oh, I should have got the 14-inch MacBook Pro because when I'm editing at my desk, I always feel like uh, the screen is not big enough. I, when I'm editing in here, I'm like, the screen is tiny because I'm used to my iMac Pro, which is 27 inches. So um, I'm still waiting on a Apple monitor of some kind. I want to see that. Um, let's see. The tour always failed because the, oh, the touch bar always failed because of the T2, T2 chip running to the touch bar. You always had to reboot the system because touch bar locked up, Drew. Have you had that issue randomly? That's the hilarious thing. I've heard people complain about that. I literally never had it happen. It's the weirdest thing. I've heard several people who hate the touch bar say it freezes on them and crashes on them. 
I owned a MacBook Pro with a touch bar for two years, I think. Two or three years. Literally never once did that touch bar ever freeze up. It, I cannot think of a single instance when I had that issue. Which is bizarre. Maybe if it happened to me all the time, I would be more hesitant to liking the touch bar. But for me, it worked perfectly. It worked as advertised, and I used it constantly. Um, so, again, I get why some people don't like it. So, I'm, I'm all in favor of the option. $300 add-on, I would have bought it. Um, I had it happen with your old MacBook Pro. I must have had terrible luck. You, maybe. Maybe someone just uses the MacBook differently. Maybe that caused the T2 chip to, to freak out. But, oh, that was interesting. OBS said we had a disconnection. Can you guys still see me? Is it still working? Weird. Did you guys notice any lag or is OBS freaking out? Um, I have smart lights that are constantly updating on my phone, uh, so I can only configure them on my iPad and HomePod. Must just get a switch and get rid of the lights. Okay. Yeah, I don't... <sighs> I'm not into the whole smart lights thing anymore. People are saying no glitch, no lag, still working. Okay. It just lagged hard. That's weird. It's harder to measure. Starlink was... When Starlink had an outage, it was fairly easy to catch because the bitrate would go way down or the, the kilobits per second would tank. When this goes out, it's so quick, it's so brief that it's it's hard to know what's going on. Oh, now people are saying lag for sure, small lag. Dang it. No video issues. Maybe it's maybe I should stop streaming at ultra low latency. Maybe that's causing too many issues. So because the internet has been so fast in the past, I've been trying to stream at a really, really low latency. So there's less time between when you guys ask something and I answer it. But um, that could be the problem. Because YouTube does say, like, this doesn't support certain things. And it... Uh, the ultra low latency is more prone to lag, so I might switch it to normal latency next time. Um, no words were missed. Okay. Do you still think Apple will go with the whole pill shape design or still the notch on the iPhone 14 Pros and give your two thoughts on it? I think you mean two cents, <laughs> unless you think I just have literally two thoughts. Uh, I'm guessing they're correct because Ross Young has reported on it and it seems that several other people have agreed on it. So I'm, I'm going to guess it is real. Uh, it sounds believable to me that Apple's like, well, we need the iPhone to look different. We need to change up the design so that people feel like there's differences because that's the biggest challenge with smartphones uh, these days. Man, I'm always live when that alarm goes off. I should turn it off. <laughs> but uh, people are always uh, talking about, oh, the front looks the same, therefore it's the same. So Apple already has shown, they're like, we'll try to shrink the notch with the iPhone 13 series so it looks at least a little more modern. And now they probably think that the eye hole design is going to look a tad more modern. I don't think personally it looks better. Um, in my like, I wasn't planning on upgrading regardless. I, I've openly said, even if the iPhone 14 had no uh, hole punch or notch and it was completely bezel-less, I wouldn't upgrade for that. So this was this phone is fine for me. Um, but actually seeing the leaks and rumors now about how kind of weird the eye hole design is going to look, I'm like, eh, glad I'm not upgrading because uh, personally, if I had the choice between the eye hole and the iPhone 13 notch, I would take the notch. I think that the notch actually cuts in less because when you design a cutout at the top and put a display above the camera sensors, 
you typically, as I've seen with camera holes on other Android phones, you typically have to move the cameras closer towards the middle of the screen. You have to push it down further. So when that happens, it's actually more prone to cutting into content like YouTube videos or movies if you're uh, or playing a game. It's actually pushing closer. Um, so I'm in favor of keep it as a notch because that keeps the cameras as far away from the center as possible. Oh, MC Rich 23 thank you for the super chat. He says, external magic keyboard with touch bar. Yes, I would have bought that. Unfortunately, Apple never made it. I don't know how often you would have to charge that because I'm sure the touch bar uses more power than a traditional keyboard. But if there was a way for me to replace this thing with a touch bar keyboard, I would totally buy it. I would probably pay too much money for it. But Apple's not against expelling, uh, uh, selling expensive keyboards. You know, they sell $350 keyboard case for your iPad. So why not a $400 keyboard for your Mac, right? Constant power. Oh, you got to leave it plugged in all the time. Eh, I'm less in love with that, but I, I'd probably live with it if I could get the touch bar back. Uh, I like the look of a wireless keyboard, though. It's just nice. The pill shape would be such an iPhone classic in a few years if it's there. Couldn't care less about what's on the top of my phone. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Like, okay, I've openly admitted countless times I'm not upgrading to the iPhone 14 just because I can't think of anything they can add that sounds worthy of upgrading to me. But um, if I was planning on upgrading, let's say I wanted cinematic mode at 4K at 60, or let's say I just wanted to have the latest A16 chip or whatever, that would not be a deal breaker because I agree. It's the top of your phone. You're not looking at that part very often. Like if it was up to me, I would probably just keep the notch, but it's not like the eye hole is so disgustingly ugly that I can't look at it. Like I'll still buy the iPhone 14 to review. I'll, I'll talk about uh, the, the new features and I'll unbox it and do videos on it. But um, no, I definitely don't plan on keeping it. And uh, it's not because of the eye hole. That's, that's not the reason. It's not because I think it'll be bad or ugly. Um, I, I think it's a slight downgrade from the notch, but not a, not a deal breaker. Uh, we spend so much time over arguing over this in the tech community, and then you hand someone outside of it the phone, and they literally do not care. Exactly. It's very true, Scott. Like, my wife, uh, my family members, I could hand them this phone. Like, I could, I've handed my phone to my dad, who's using an 11 Pro Max. He would never in a million years point out that the notch is smaller. He would not notice at all. Um, that's like a, such a minuscule, tiny detail that he'd be like, oh, what? Oh, and you'd have to hold them next to each other and be like, oh yeah, I guess. Sure. Like no one cares. And honestly, I don't even think most of the tech community cares because iPhones have been selling great, by the way. Um, Apple has captured more of the market share and, uh, the iPhone 13 is selling at incredibly high volumes and compared to all the Androids it's competing with. Uh, the notch is much bigger than all of the camera holes they're using. Pretty much every Android right now, any flagship Android, uh, even mid-range Androids, even affordable Androids, have very tiny, very insignificant camera holes that are much smaller than the notch and take up far less space than the notch. And it doesn't seem to improve their sales at all. Everyone keeps buying the iPhone with the big fat notch. So clearly the general market does not care. Um... Yeah, you're right. We pretend to care because we have nothing else to talk about. <laughs> people people have lots of questions, and it, it definitely, for certain channels at least, the eye hole will drive lots of clicks and lots of people want to talk about it, but does it make any discernible difference on how the phone works or how the phone looks, really? 
No. Um, Apple can improve on optical zoom cameras. Yeah, and I believe there's there's rumors that they are. They're they're. I don't I don't think it'll be ready on the iPhone 14, but there's been talk that by the iPhone 15 or so they'll have a periscope lens similar to the Samsung uh, series of phones that will zoom in more like 50x instead of 3x and that kind of thing. Um, uh, the president of Red make made a post on Facebook. I think he's teasing something about a pro desktop. Sounds like it would run Windows, so I'm not interested. But <laughs> good for him. I hope I hope they make something better than the red hydrogen phone. Uh, what are your thoughts on the rumors of the iPhone 14's camera being a higher megapixel with 8K ProRes? I've seen consistently incorrect rumors about iPhone cameras over the past three years. I remember talking about 64 megapixel 8K or someone else was reporting on 4k at 120 or 4k at 240 fps all of them ended up being wrong like pretty much every almost every iphone camera rumor over the past like two or three years ended up being wrong with the exception of maybe cinematic mode and like oh the telephoto lens is now 2.5x instead of 2 and now it's 3x instead of 2.5 it's always like uh incredibly uh incredibly minor upgrades overall and then apple comes out with something like cinematic mode which was rumored for years but um it sounds much more apple to be like let's make a version of video that looks very cinematic but at the end of the day it's still 1080 at 30 i don't think apple cares about 8k um rightfully so 8k is very useless you cannot see the difference on displays smaller than 60 inches i believe um and the number of TVs that support that kind of playback is incredibly low. Um, I honestly think 4K is probably overkill for most smartphone cameras because most people won't notice. Um, most people are posting videos on their phone onto TikTok or YouTube or Twitter who compresses the crap out of all of them. Um, so if you are recording a video on your phone with ProRes or at a high resolution or whatnot... Um, the resolution is not the limiting factor. 8K is not what's going to make that video look better. It's going to be more about the lenses and uh, the depth of focus and uh, the depth of field, sorry, and uh, the bitrate settings. Like how good the bitrate is for 4K uh, matters a lot more than how many pixels the, the sensor overall is. So I haven't seen any reputable source claim that we're getting 8K ProRes. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and doubt that and say I don't think it's going to happen. But I don't even see a point. In, unless you're... unless you're. I've shot with the uh, Red Komodo. I think I have the box somewhere back there. Um, I've shot with Red cameras before. And I've shot at 6K. Um, like the latest the, the latest short on Talos of TV was, was shot at 6K. But we downscaled it to 4K. Because whenever you post something to the internet, regardless of it's on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter... Whatever you're probably posting it to compresses the crap out of that resolution. You cannot tell the difference. Unless you're filming the next Marvel movie. If you're filming the next, you know, something that's going to be viewed on a big screen. Um, if you're filming Dune Part 2, then yes, 8K will be helpful. And that's probably worth uh, going into. But if you're filming something on a smartphone... 8K is a is a marketing gimmick. It's not going to be used. I would honestly say ProRes is close to being that. The number of people that actually can utilize and discern the difference between recording at HEVC versus ProRes, 
probably insanely small. I think it's a very, very small niche of the market. I've I've recorded videos at ProRes and then recorded them at HEVC, and the difference was very hard for people to notice. So YouTube compression kind of eliminates all the perks or benefits of, of recording at resolutions like that. Um, 8K is useful if you crop the video in editing. It's it's the same thing. That's why people do 4K, though. Like, I shoot at 4K because I do crop in at editing. But keep in mind, on YouTube at least, which is the largest video streaming place pretty much ever, um, most people are watching at 1080p or less. Uh, most people don't have the bandwidth or the device to sustain watching content at 4K. Um, YouTube analytics shows it's like it's a very small percentage that's at even viewed at 4K. So if your argument is, well, filming at 8K helps me punching in look good at 4K, it's like, okay, you're helping yourself look more pixelated, look more rich in detail when being viewed at a 4K display, which is incredibly rare, and when you're cropping in, which is also not the most common scenario. So... Yeah, I would I would argue not that big a deal. Um, not something Apple needs to worry about. I would actually much rather them prioritize uh, eight four uh, K at sixty on ProRes because I like having the higher frame rate. Even if uh, Apple doesn't care about video being buttery smooth, like I like it, um, it's it's also super helpful if you're doing slow mo videos. You know, if you're doing B roll for a commercial or something. Uh, just being able to film something and then slow it down so you get rid of a lot of the handheld shakiness and you can get just a lot more cinematic shots when things are shot in slow motion. Um, the cameras are good enough. I wouldn't upgrade for that. Yeah, the cameras on my iPhone are fantastic, honestly. Um, 8K is such a small niche. I honestly think 4K is pretty overkill. Like, I could, I could... I could switch between 1080 and 4K on my daily tech videos and very few people would notice the difference. Um, are you using the internet, new internet for the stream? Yes, Starlink is unplugged. Starlink is not uh, active right now. Um, the reason I leave it unplugged is because I know there's other people in the world that need Starlink a lot more than I do, so I'm hoping to free up bandwidth. I don't want to consume any additional uh, possible hardware for the for the network right now, and also I'm not planning on keeping it, so... I haven't technically hit the cancel button yet, but I'm not I'm not renewing my subscription. Um, what do you make of a starting storage of 256 and 8 gigs of RAM iPhone 14 Pro? Sounds good. I mean, will anyone complain about that? I, mean, <laughs> I think uh, RAM is kind of overrated tech spec. I think people act like RAM makes a bigger difference than it does, especially when you have iOS uh, managing RAM so well. Uh, it's it's nice to have more. I don't think anyone will complain if if you get more RAM included. Uh, so no no complaints there. But it's just I don't think it'll result in a huge impact. It's like the number of people that will appreciate that is like I play tons of mobile games, but I also need to jump back to my social media apps to check the news, and I want to come back to the game and have it not relaunch the app. It's like people think RAM makes stuff faster or something and in reality ram is is like the size of your desk your processor is how fast you can work how productive of a person you are ram is kind of a description of just like how big your desk is does having a bigger desk make someone more productive and eh, maybe a little bit you can have more going at once but not really it's like it's if if you're still if your processor is yeah, I agree, especially with Apple products, with how they manage RAM, it makes very little difference. On an Android or on a PC, yeah, having more RAM is probably going to be more 
noticeable improvement. But um, I I did a crap ton of stuff when I was reviewing the M1 MacBook Air, uh, which had eight gigs of RAM, and I was doing live streaming with the Cam Link with the Blackmagic, and I was recording podcasts, and I was editing 4K at 60 videos and exporting them. And it was like I never ran out of RAM with all of my content production with eight gigs. So now I have 32 gigs on my MacBook Pro, and yeah, I've never once got the out-of-system memory thing. Um, 8K is impressive to market, just like 5G. I agree. It's uh, uh, it's not impossible that Apple could add 8K. It's just um, it's not something that would convince me to upgrade, that's for sure. And uh, I, I do see it as a, as a last-ditch effort. It's like, okay, you don't know how to make the cameras any better, so you're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall. Um if the iPhone Pro does get 8 gigs of RAM, it'll be the first time ever where the flagship iPhone has the same specs as the flagship Samsung Galaxy. Well, yeah, I think that should say something. And it's like, with a smartphone, multitasking is so limited anyway, just by the fundamental form factor of being able to run, like, basically one application at a time. I know that technically on Android you can do split-view multitasking, but frankly, I've never seen someone in the real world actually do that. Um, I see people brag about it in the tech community. See, I can split the app, but th both apps look terrible when you split them in half. It's like now anytime you bring up the keyboard, it completely covers the other app. And if you're doing it with like Twitter or something, you can only see like one tweet at a time. And it's just incredibly crunched and it feels like your, your content can't breathe and you've got to be really careful with what you're tapping. Like I, I do not think it, it matters that much. Um, obviously, because the best-selling phones in the world don't have uh, split-screen multitasking. Um, let's see. I have 16 on mine. I've never gotten a RAM warning, and I almost never close anything. Yeah, I, I leave a lot of apps running. Like, I'm live-streaming through OBS right now. Uh, I have Safari open. I have Chrome open. I have Twitter open. And I have Final Cut Pro running in the background. Um, for the channel members, I, I live-stream myself uh, editing. So I'm... I'm Color correcting, ProRes, 4K at 60 video, chopping it up, adding cutaway shots, airdropping stuff, and live streaming my display and capturing my, my webcam video and my microphone audio, stitching all that together, uploading it, and playing the chat all simultaneously still haven't tapped out on RAM. Um, Google Maps Pip is something I really want on iPhone. I just feel like it would be cluttered. Um, hey Max, how's it going? Very excited for the event. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, uh, mildly excited because we just haven't had an Apple event for a while and it feels like there might be some things we get that we weren't expecting, but I'm not like super duper pumped because there's not really anything coming at this event that I plan on buying myself and it is mostly a spec upgrade keynote, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's always just fun to the good morning and, and, and have, you know, the new cinematic shots of everything and uh, new color options. See who was right, see who's wrong. But yeah, quadruple UDC is probably going to be far more interesting. The only time where I see split screen on smartphone being useful using the calculator while looking at a bill or something else. Even that, I would rather swap between the apps than try to have some kind of calculator pip thing. Um, if the iPhone 14 gave you 7-day battery life, would that be a deal clincher to upgrade? No, because... I don't have a seven-day battery life. Um, the battery life on my current iPhone is overkill. Like, at the end of each day, I'm usually sitting at around 60, 
and I drop it on MagSafe Duo because I'm going to sleep and that's just a good place for my phone to be at the start of the day. So I don't know what use case would become unlocked if the phone, even if it was an infinite battery life, 70 day battery, even if it was 70 days, I'd be like, yeah, that's cool, but I, I don't have a use for it. I'm going to stop using my phone when I go to sleep anyway, and it doesn't take that long for it to charge. So I, <laughs> I don't, it's not going to convince me. Are there any big changes to wait for the Apple Watch 8? Should I just get the 7 now? All that's really rumored for the 8 is faster CPUs and GPUs, so not really a big deal. Um, a, a body temperature health sensor, probably some new colors, and a more durable rugged option for those who want a more ugly but durable Apple Watch. That's what you're waiting for. If any of those things sound interesting, I would say wait. If none of those things sound interesting, then at least find a discount. Apple Watch Series 7 has been out for a while, so you could probably find it on sale somewhere uh, discounted. Um, oh, yeah, like Tim's saying. I can't wait for the soundtrack for the new event. They had some amazing tunes. I, I agree. The CGI and the cinematography is always just fun to watch regardless of what they're announcing. Would you get the Apple Silicon Mac Pro or iMac Pro when it releases? Probably to review, but not to keep. I don't I don't need a Mac faster than my MacBook Pro. It's plenty fast. Next watchOS needs to let me check the battery life of my phone while it's charging. I know, I'm surprised that's still not a thing. I, I remember thinking that would make so much sense if I was like, what is my phone at? And you could just check from right here. Like, especially in the control center area, you like swipe up and it tells you your watch battery life. If I could just tap that and it would be like watch battery, phone battery right here. That would be perfect. I would love to see that. So anyway, I've got some more work to do, but I appreciate the super chats and I appreciate the channel members, all you guys supporting just by watching. Thank you all very, very much. And uh, hopefully by eliminating the ultra low latency mode, that might fix some of the lag issues. But um, it's a third party app on the watch. Okay, that's that's probably a good idea. Cloud battery. Uh, I've tried to drain the iPhone Pro battery. My body ran out of juice before the phone did. <laughs> Same here, James. I really wish Apple would make an iPhone, but you can't call on it, and it's like 12.9 inches big. <laughs> hmm. It sounds like that exists, but anyway, take care all. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With LuckyLandSlots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.